Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast. Three wins in four. European charge, certainly. We've got a three-man attack tonight because Rory Fallows cried off. I'll get that one in straight He's hurt his neck, hasn't he? That's he's hurt his neck. He reckons he's carrying beer, which makes, makes the story not yeah. believable, really. Usually makes him a lad. Yeah. He's got a dislocated quiff. That's apparently... Dislocated quiff. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a nice problem for me to have. Right. <laughs> um, so myself and Gareth are joined by Damien Spellman from Press Association. Been a while since we've had you in, Damien. It is. I was beginning to think you were... Uh, you were snubbing me? No, not at all, not at all. We just but we um, were, but there was no one else. So. <laughs> we just sort of get the, get complacent, don't we? Yeah, what happens uh, is... We don't expand got, our minds enough, really. Well, what happens is, because we've got like lies and jobs and everything, we just forget. And then on <laughs> Sunday, we're like, we haven't got anybody for tomorrow. Who haven't we had in a while? I get that one. And then and there we go. That's what happens. That's actually what happens. Yeah, it was definitely what happened this week, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but it happens every week. Well, we're more. Every week's pushing But we it. feel bad, like... Asking people who we haven't asked in ages because we're like, oh, we haven't asked them in ages. We can't just ask them to come in at a day's notice. So we just go back to somebody who, you know, we, someone we've flogged regularly. <laughs> like yeah. Rory was on every week. Yeah, no. Apart, Apart from this week, yeah, he's exactly. let himself down. Exactly. He's let his neck down and he's let his hair down. <laughs> <laughs> what a difference, though. Three wins in four. I mean, even by Sunderland's standard, Damien, we don't even get this in April. We normally get maybe two wins in four. Something like that. So it, it, the confidence you can see in the players, and obviously it's coming back into the stands as well. Yeah. And it starts from the manager. It's everybody, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it puts a totally different complexion on the season. Three or four weeks ago, you were starting to fear the worst, and you couldn't see where where a win was coming from. Never mind three and four games. Uh, and then you know to put that run together, and particularly I thought on on Saturday to put in what is. Possibly the best performance I've seen this season. Brilliant, brilliant start. Uh, Leicester just never got out of the traps. Mm. Completely deserved win. Um, and I think that that as much as the fact that it was the third of four, but the fact that they played so well um, just does August so well for the future. You just got to build on that momentum now and 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 keep it going. And I think I think to be fair to the manager, straight afterwards he said we need a couple more threes in four. Uh, and he's absolutely right because that, that that will build confidence. It will build momentum, and there will be setbacks. They will go and lose games they shouldn't. Uh, they will go and lose games that they should perhaps have won. They will go and lose quite heavily to a decent team. That's that's going to happen. It'll happen to better teams than Sunderland. But if they can keep putting together back-to-back wins every every now and then, that that's uh, that's exactly what they need. And it's probably the most complete performance, as you've said as well. I, I was saying to Gareth before we came on air. Probably since the Everton game last season, when we stayed up, yeah, it was complete. It was it was back to front everywhere. The funny it? thing about the Everton uh, performance, in a way, though, is that 
you know, I was saying to you before how the pressure wasn't off because the result mattered so much, but it did feel as though that Everton game, the pressure was off a little bit because we had that run and it just felt as though that there was nothing that was going to stop Sunderland from staying up that season. And they did. And it just feels as though that, you know, the you know, the pressure was on a little bit at the weekend with, you know, the, the start of the season Sunderland have had. And it just felt as though that they really went out there and, you know, I was saying it, it was as good of a home performance I can recall. I mean, the Everton game's a good example of where we were excellent, but under Allardyce, we're very functional. Not not to, to do any disservice to that, we're functional and we had a plan in every game. We went out and did what we needed to do to get results in those games. It felt as though at the weekend we really had our... You know, it wasn't about reacting to to what Leicester were going to do to us. It was about what were we going to go and do to Leicester. And we went out in that first 20 minutes... It was almost when we were under Bruce where or, or O'Neill where we we would dominate teams. You know, I would say more akin to Bruce when we had certain kinds of players like Bent and Jan and Zenden and Malbrang, that sort of thing. But th- that's what it felt like. It felt as though we went out there, home game, and we we took it to Leicester and you know, they couldn't cope with Sunderland for that first twenty five minutes. Um and really we should have been probably two nil up after twenty five minutes. I mean something we don't normally do on the, on the show on the, on the podcast that, that I wouldn't normally do is, is kind of go through the side player by player but I almost feel it's warranted because I've just said there it was a complete performance and I feel like every player needs praising for that so you just get people's opinions on everybody even if we go through the team start with the goalkeeper again it feels as though you have to finish with the goalkeeper in a way though does it? Well, well, I just mean his contribution was so great in mm. that save at the end, mm. you know, which looks simple, on, you know, in first inspection, but you know that's the strength of the Andy had to have to, to keep that shot out in close range and you know a celebration after he'd saved that shot. Yeah, it was good. His celebration, the South Stand celebration. That yeah. was. That it was, was he could have been in the it? he probably would have been in the stand if he wasn't on the pitch and it was like that and. You know what can you say about Jordan Pickford? Really, that hasn't been said already by Michael Proctor nineteen hundred times. <laughs> yeah. night. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you can ruin a young goalkeeper by throwing him into a difficult situation. And you know, when it, he had the error at Southampton, and people thought, "Oh, here we go." But he's he's been outstanding, um, and behind a defence which at times hasn't played particularly well, but did play very well on Saturday. But as you say, that save in in an instant, one instant, that the whole feel good factor could have gone then. Two, you know, two two would have felt like a defeat, but he's he's made a great save, and that's you know what the the, the Schmeichels and the people like that they, they always did they they always came up with a save when a team when their team needed it, and that that was just absolutely priceless to Sunderland on on Saturday. I feel. It certainly appears to be having a knock on to the to the defence, doesn't mm. it? Your man, Gillibody, Gareth. Yeah. I mean, before when the team selection came out of the start, I think a few people in the pub were like, oh. You kind of had a feeling he was going to go for Pinar ahead of Larson, but I still think people were a little bit disappointed well, with it. On but Pienaar. then we would get we would get to that. But then at the back as well, people were like he's dropped O'Shea for Gillibodji was was the question. You could kind of see why because you have people like Vardy who have a lot of pace, and you, and you think Gillibodji certainly has more pace than O'Shea goes without seeing. But I mean that performance he rolled out, particularly first half. He was like a Rolls Royce of a defender. Well, he looked like he wanted he? to play, didn't he? He looked mm. like he wanted to defend, and that's the criticism of Gillibodji. He's like, but he's even not on the like ball, a defender. Even well, but the, the ball, thing is, I don't think his ability on the ball has ever been in the question. No. I think he's 
said before, he looks more like a midfielder than a centre-back and his use of the ball has always been good. I haven't got a problem with that. It is where he switches off and, and lets people get blindside runs on him, where he doesn't head the ball when it's in the air, when it's in, within two yards of him and he stands and watches it. It wasn't the case at the weekend. He was you know, getting his head on the ball. He wanted that desire to defend. And, you know, to be fair to Gillibodji for the criticism that I've given him and many others have, I thought he was very good against Bournemouth. I thought until he got sent off against Hull, he was pretty good. And he kept a clean sheet in that game and he played the vast majority of it. So, I think, you know, there's still question marks over him given some of the errors that he's made and his concentration issues that he's clearly displayed in the first 10-11 games of the season. You can't, you can't, you know, dismiss that. But at the weekend, he was very, very, very good. I mean, I think that's that's exactly the word you mentioned, concentration there. I, I think it was the, well, it was, in fact, it was the Everton game. First half, absolutely outstanding yeah, first half. Yeah. Second half, absolute disaster. Lost Lukaku three times, three goals. Just He reminds me an awful lot of a young Titus Bramble who had absolutely everything, physique, ability, um, but he could make a rick, and he would. He would switch off and he'd make a rick. And and look and and became people used to joke about him and actually Titus Bramble was a pretty decent footballer but because of those errors he was just lambasted and 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 I see a bit of Gillibodji and, and he has to me a greater capacity to to switch yeah. off but and he's twenty eight he's not yeah he's, he's not he's, he's not, not a kid uh, he's not, not a kid. kid but no I thought he looked a decent player on Saturday which which at times he's, he's looked far from earlier in the season and he's made alongside him at the back corner. Go on, give you a cynical viewpoint, Gareth. Well, you mentioned, the, the, you mentioned cyn- yeah, so the cynical on. viewpoint would be that he's turned up because January's around the corner. Well, But, you know, that challenge on Nagasaki where he knocked him in at the stand was very the, much the corner of last season, not the corner of this season. And you want to see, you know, if he, he's going to do that on January and then he goes, then so be it. I'd rather he defended well if he's going to play than badly, you know. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with Gareth's assessment there, but to take the charitable alternative view, his head may have been turned by what happened in the summer, and now he's got it back sorted. Mm, I hope so. Well, because that's, he's the, a, that's you know, the scenario we would hope it is. Isn't you look it? at the first game of the season against Man City. He was excellent. Yeah, yeah. he was like outstanding, and that's the play. That's the play that. Yeah, well, it's Southampton as well when he came yeah. back another time. And apparently, as Nick Barnes revealed. Uh, on the on the he live show, he didn't. He, you know, he nearly didn't play. And you know, whether it's him, the agents have gone into his head. You know, he's his own man. He's a grown man. He's what twenty seven years old, experienced player. You know, he's got a personal responsibility as well. So regardless of what agents have done, so if he's going to play as well as that the rest of the season, and then he goes, so be it. But I'd rather he was playing. Badly than his head in the right place, and for whatever reason, his head's in the right place. And otherwise, do you think the fact he's off in January to the African Cup of Nations, Damien, might put teams off coming in for him? You, Could if, it's, do. if it's a heavy investment, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's two ways of looking at it. One is it's only a month, and you're going to get this player long term. The other one is it's a month <laughs> out of your season. You need somebody to come in and improve your side now, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, spec- this is speculation, obviously. It, of course it is. And there's always a chance that he could go there and get injured. Um, you know, So I think it will be a consideration, but teams do buy 
players in in January who are, who have gone. I think, in fact, didn't didn't Papasisi sign for Newcastle and then go off to the oh, African nation? The only thing I can remember about that Pierce transfer is that we paid for his flight. Yeah, that was the thing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think teams have signed players Allegedly. who've never actually kicked the ball for them before going mm, off to the African nation. Well, with with that one, uh, as you, you know, there'll be there'll be teams scrabbling around for players on the 31st of January and paying £15 million for them at the last minute. So, you know, I don't think the the African combinations could have that much of an effect. The injury side, yes, but in in terms of, you know, if you you want to invest, you know, that money in a player and he's going to be there for four years, Mm -hmm. why cut your nose off to spite your face because he's not going to be available for three games? Especially the, the, the clubs that have been linked with him are Premier League clubs as well, which is the most... Likely scenario to spark some sort of yeah. a bidding war, isn't it? Yeah, Which is yeah. kind of from what we want. If we were going to lose, and that would be what you wanted. You, would you want, want more than one club to come in, so that they yeah. they have to go into a battle. Like You'd feel like West Ham are probably the team most likely. I would say, just given how bad they've been, and they'll just chuck money or anything. So I think get a feeling that that would be the kind of team that might be in. But regardless of whether he's going or not, they'll be. You know, screeds and screeds of speculation about oh, yes, where he's going to go in, in January because of what happened in the summer because he was so vocally active about leaving, whether it was him or his agents. But anyway, we've ended up turning. Well, we have, but we're going to go through all the team. We might as well get everything <laughs> we've got to say about them now. We'll move on to the fullbacks. Um, there's a couple of players that fall into this category. I think that was Patrick Van Arnold's best game for Sunderland this season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, everyone agree with that? Defensively yeah, as well as, as yeah. going forward, I think if if Sam Allardyce left a legacy at all, is that he taught Patrick Van Aanholt how to defend because he hasn't been. I, I wouldn't say he's been particularly good defensively over the years, but um, I thought last season he was he was excellent and he's carried that over and he looks like a proper defender. No no doubt about his ability going forward at all, and he can use the ball as well when he goes forward. But yeah, I think he's he's become a, a genuine fullback. The funny thing about Van Arnold is, I think it's a when he first joined, he didn't look like he was completely all over the place, and he was a massive miss when he got injured against Crystal Palace and did his shoulder, and he was out for weeks. Um, and, and I, you know, for whatever whatever's happened since then, when he came back, he wasn't as good as uh, mm. you know he, he 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 was before he went out, um, and he's had mixed. But he's an important. He's impo- whatever you say. He's an important player because of his contribution going forward um, and the amount of goals that he's been involved in. You know, and I think you know. I mean, I'm sure Gaunt and Ichibi, but I think and Ichibi and, and Van Arnold have got a weird little as, as many mm-hmm. people as, as as often as people talk about um, and Ichibi and Defoe. I think Anichebe and Van Arnold is a probably a stronger partnership. I would say if I haven't looked at the statistics, but if you look at the amount of times that Anichebe links up with Van Arnold compared mm-hmm. to Defoe, he links up with Van Arnold a lot more. Wouldn't disagree. What about the other fullback, Billy Jones? Good old Billy Jones. He's no, been, what's happened there? He's been smashing in recent mm-hmm. weeks. I would say. You're going to be hypercritical. You would say he was probably Sonnen's. I don't want to say weakest link because he didn't have a bad game by yeah. by any stretch. He of wasn't as prominent as the other players, the other which players. which says a lot for the team performance again, doesn't it? He's gone back to that almost six out of the ten, which you can you can put up with. Fullbacks are one position you can get away with that, isn't it? Six out of ten, I would say. 
if you're going to carry a player, it's a fullback, mm. isn't it? But but I think he's done his job. You know, it's, he's he's not necessarily there to to put in beautiful crosses to the back post or anything. He's there to to stop the other team attacking. And if he wins the ball, moves it on to his own man, I, I haven't really got a problem with that. I think I think he's been pretty good since he got back yeah, in the team. I mean, he was woeful last season hmm? and at times hmm. and others, but since he came back into that cup game. He's been steady away, I would say seven out of ten every every game. Probably better in some. Mm. Pina, you were you were gonna mention there. Yeah, just going through the team. He's the one Best I was game saying, for again? Yeah. Well yeah. he was he was a driving force in that first twenty minutes, wasn't he? I mean yep. you know, he, he was brilliant. Um see shame he got a you know, a bit of a smash on the head. Um and but in a way it's fortunate because obviously Denai went off as well and he was ill. And he's just got a bit of double vision. I thought tonight I played really well. Yeah, as well. he did. First but, to all the second, he was winning yeah. all the second balls in the first half but, in the middle of the park. But Pino looked the yard quicker, didn't he? Than he has done recently. He he's looked a bit sluggish, but he did, he looked just looked. He's got a zip about him, and you know, he was linking up down that left hand side with when uh, he be in Van Arnold, and you know he was he was creating pressure because he was being positive when he got the ball. He was driving into the space in front of the back four. And he was making them make decisions and, you know, committing players. And that's what you want from your midfielder who was playing at the top of a three in the middle. Absolutely. And I thought he was great. And it's competition for places again suddenly with, with, with Larson and, and, and Kirchhoff coming mm. back in. Because I think the first seven or eight minutes in the second half, Leicester was starting to control the game a little bit in the middle of the park. And I thought, oh, you know, this is this is the evidence that Larson and Kirchhoff aren't match fit here. But as it happened, it just took that little mm. bit of time for them to get into the swing of the game and then they start controlling the game again. And that's a perfect scenario for Moyes, Damien, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, Kirchhoff was very impressive last season, one of, one of Sunderland's two or three most important players, I would have said, apart from the fact that he, he only does can do a 60-70 minute shift. But there have been a lot of players over the years who, who do that. If he gives a good 67 minutes, then you replace him fair enough. Um, but I think Seb Larson's as good on the ball as anyone in that team and his use of it. Um, and he may not particularly have, have the legs anymore, but he's, he's, he's very tidy on the ball. He can see a pass, he can pick a pass, he can play a pass. Um, so I think, yeah, they, they could both play really important roles over the, over the rest of the season. And, and as you say, it is competition for places now because there hasn't been any. Mm. Moises, well, the next Agazon. game, suddenly he looks and he says, right, which of these four? See, Adenea, we expect Adenea um, <coughs> and um, Pienaar to be fit, I would mm-hmm. imagine, for you the next game. So. And then suddenly he's saying, OK, do I play the two guys who, who dominated the game in the first half or do I play the two guys who come on mm. and dominate the game mm. in the second half? And the the only thing I would say about Pienaar is the, the concussion protocol. If he's had concussion, mm. he might not be able to play. But is it, or is it that six days? I'm not sure. He might be all right, actually. Are, we, are you not allowed to train? I, I, I'm not sure what it is. So yeah, there Is it concussion that he's got, is it? Well... He took a hell of a crack, mm. didn't he? And he had blurred vision, so the, the chances are that he may have done. I Feel don't, free to I don't tweet know. us in if you know the answer to that <laughs> question. There was <laughs> something almost romantic about that goal, wasn't there? Larson to Kirchhoff. I know it was an old yeah. goal, but it was just it was what it was a fan's dream. That I was, was good. I was the two dream boards coming back into the side. <laughs> I saw him celebrating. I'd like made peace. He's, like, hey, he's definitely scored. Like I knew it was an own goal because I was like, yeah, he's definitely scored. Give it to him. Yeah. Give it to him. Well, Steve McKibb, give it to him over the microphone. So do you know, do you know what it is about Kirchhoff though? And I, I don't know why I felt felt like when he came on, I was like. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Worried? I was thinking, oh no, like I hope he's fit. And I hope he's, you know, going to be up to the pace of the game. And I don't know why, because then after he plays three passes, you go... Oh, what a good player. Yeah. Like, he's just such a good player, isn't he? Like, balls in the air, and he's under pressure. He gets it down. He's not on, he, you know, even on the volley. he like, pop a pass off on the volley to somebody, finds his man. He plays such nice passes. Like, they're never behind or bobbly. No. It's just crisp into the people's feet, exactly where the player, the receiving player wants a ball. Played the ball in the second half. It looks simple, but... He played on half volley, just like straight into the feet of. It was a. I don't know. It might have been Larson. He was wide. Caught a wider on the right hand side, in space. He just played the first time straight into his feet. Perfect ball, like over fifteen twenty yards across the deck. And that, if the reason why we were so good under Allardyce is that every ball from Kershaw, he's going forward. He's going forward, getting the ball, looking to go forward, playing it into spaces in between the lines. Commit again, committing defenders, mm. committing midfielders, making them make decisions they don't want to have to make, you know, making it difficult. And you forget how what a you know what a quality player Kershaw is when he's out the team and when he comes back in, he'd only take three or four passes, mm. and you go, oh, yeah, we've missed him. It was almost a perfect scenario, wasn't it? Because we had their experience to come off the bench and, and, and add to what was already mm. a great first half. And La- Larson as well. I mean. Again, a player who's you know divided opinion over his time at Sunderland. I'd say, and you know, I think he's a massive player for Sunderland. Just mm. in off the pitch as well, you know, that that kind of experience. He's going away and playing with players like Ibrahimovic. Yeah, he's played World Cups, European Championships, played for Arsenal. You know, he's a proper player. You know, and won a cup been, with Birmingham. Won a cup. He's been he's been with Sunderland for what six years now, is it? 2011 transfer window, wasn't it? The one so five, six years. We'll never forget that 2011 yeah. transfer window. But then he made an incident back on his debut, scoring a fantastic goal year, against Liverpool. He, he was well, he scored. Then he had a couple of years where he to go in. Didn't well, Neil put him into the middle of the park, and he struggled with it for yeah. a long time before he, he sort of made that position his own. And I, you know, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't go back and, and, and change my mind on hindsight yeah. or anything because he did. He clearly struggled for a while. He scored what, six, seven goals in his first season, didn't he? Free he did. kicks and coming yeah. off the side. And, his set pieces were very important. Yeah. So and it set, on, good yeah. to see him involved with a set piece at the weekend yeah. as well. Creating and it shows that. why he adds a little bit, because we said McNair was playing in that sort of role mm. where he was covering a little bit, and Larson was ideal for that, but he does give you more going forward as well, obviously, doesn't he? Even if it is just in in the case of set pieces. So it's, it's it was massive for Sunderland, that. A really, really big mm. thing. Um 
Who else have we got midfield? We talking about? Do we want to start talking about the wide players now? Then, well, is an each be a midfielder? What is he? We were talking about between this the week. lines, and we talk what, about this every, does every show, doesn't he? But what what's great about the, this new sort of role that they've found for him is he's ex, he's been exposed and isolated with the fullback, and he's playing. You know, like when an, an old style centre forward dominates the centre half, he's doing that to a fullback. Yeah. And it's bizarre. You don't normally see that. A fullback would normally mark a winger. Mm. He would try and show him outside. He would stand off. But he's almost the fullbacks are almost getting drawn to win each of because of the kind of player he is, and they can't get near him when he gets a mm. ball. Mm. And he's rolling them for fun, isn't he? And it's mm. it's like this new position invented like just him for and, him. And it's like great. him and him and him and uh, Banano in some respects are a bit like sort of Johnston and, and Gray. And I know that sounds like a daft comparison to make in terms of an HB because he's not that kind of player at all but it's the the, the problem that he creates where it's like once he gets a ball to feet and also I, I really like this little chip ball that they're playing into his feet where it lands about 10 yards in front of him and then he can back in mm-hmm. and gain yards before he receives the ball and then it gives Van Arnold the chance to make a decision what's he going to do is he going to go he'll invariably go down the side and then the defenders thinking, right, what am we going to do here? How many times did did an each of you get Van Arnold in at the weekend? I mean, and, or he can turn, he can come inside if he wants to, and he can play. You know, we've scored quite a few goals in in recent weeks where we've switched it in within the width of the penalty area where we've got the ball on one side and got it, worked it across the box. The second goal comes from exactly the same position mm. where the the crosses come in from Van Arnold thing and and um, what more's hit one. Fallen to the who's you know, just dispatched it, and it just seems to be happening quite regularly. All these options that all of a sudden, and each of has become Sunderland's most important player because he's changed. There's no coincidence that he's coming to the team against Bournemouth, and all of a sudden, the plans start to work. It, it, and you can't, it's very difficult to explain because when we brought him in. A lot of people have been going, oh, blimey. Like, we all did, didn't we? Let's be honest. Well, I mean, you've got to ask a question of why a kid of 28 has not got a club. You know, because, I mean, he was at, yeah. at Everton coming through as a kid, he looked a really good prospect, as a big, strong lad, you know, a decent shot on him, good movement, as you say, holds it up well. And if at 28 you haven't got a club, you've got to start wondering, well, what's the issue there? And I've heard a couple of people say recently, people who know him, that he needs to be loved. Mm-hmm. And he's got a manager now who knows him, knows when to put an arm round him, knows when to do the carrot and stick, knows when to kick him up the backside. And I think that's an important thing. And, and you're right about the position. He's been put in there to to not do the job he's designed for, really. He's been put in there a bit to protect the fullback almost with his pace mm-hmm. and his ability to get back. But but actually, you're right, he, he's... He's torturing. He tortured Simpson on on Saturday as he did with the young kid from Hull mm. a, a couple of weeks earlier. But it also drags the centre half out as well because the centre half's thinking I need to help him out. And so he's getting pulled away from his partner. That's leaving space in the middle for Defoe and Pienaar, maybe whoever's coming on. So it's it's just worked out really well. And if if that's how David Moyes has designed it, fair play to him. If it's if it's a, a lucky byproduct of of what he's done, fair we'll play as well. We'll take it. We'll yeah. take it. We'll take any lucky byproduct at the moment. But he. he Looks a Premier League player again, mm. which three months ago he wasn't. You know, he was he was a, he was a kid who might or might not get back to 
into the 18. I mean, now he's one of the first men. The game you're you're talking players. about being loved, though, but it's important the fans' relationship with him as well. Uh, which And it backs away some, some theories, doesn't it, about Sunderland fans that they have the unrealistic expectations mm. of what they want as a fan from the player now. And they should be. Let, let's not like rewrite sort of history and, 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 and change things around here. He isn't the greatest player in the world by any stretch of imagination. That doesn't matter to a Sunderland fan, does it? No. If somebody goes in there, they leave it all on the pitch. I think, I think you've it's seen like... that with players like Danny Graham, who didn't produce like an HB is, but you're not bothered. If, if they go in there and they leave everything on the pitch. I think in, in, in each of his favour, it might work in his favour that he was completely unfancied and a, a bit of a, not a wild card, that's the wrong word, but just like a signing where it was like, we need a body, in he mm. comes. And everyone had such low expectations then to come in and have that game he had against Bournemouth and then all of a sudden you're a hero in mm. one game mm. and like if you can feed off that I'd, I'd argue that he's got better I thought he was better against Hull than he was against Bournemouth and I thought he was better than both those mm. two games mm. at the weekend I thought he was absolutely brilliant against against uh, Leicester at the weekend like, and I mean, I it's the thought, Bournemouth one as well we said it after the game didn't we it was just it was well, perfect said, for him where the fans said, were located oh, in the ground and because yeah, he was yeah. playing on the left and the full line was the finish when he had the ball and he was cl- and that was when the connection really built yeah, there. with a broken rib and it's weird how little things like that can make such a, a d- yeah, big difference was, though. You just look, you know, you look at his, you know, I don't think almost he can believe it's gone as well as it has in a way as well and you know maybe he's relishing that opportunity, thinking, wow, I've got a chance to to become. You know, a bit of a, a cult hero, and you know, if he keeps like people were saying the well, the Bournemouth performance historically in each of you will give you one of them a season mm-hmm. or one every three months. He's turned in three, three and three, three yeah. well, and well, and he had a decent game against Liverpool as well. I mean, mm-hmm. he laid one on for Watmore, which he a chance he should have taken. Watmore, mm-hmm. um, you know, he could have been involved in you know what would could have essentially been a, a victory or a draw had we scored when it was nil nil. Um, so yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about Dong actually. In the I middle, was going to say we, I, I, I did. We did skip and, and Dong will come back to him. Um, you, you mentioned what more there as well, though. Again, best best game of the best, season. I would say his best game for yeah. Sunderland. Yeah. So there's three players. I would say his best game for Sunderland. Three, that, well, yeah. four players because we're talking about Gillibodji, Van Arnold, um, and Dong, Pina, all putting in their best. And each should be arguably yeah. the best performance of the season. So talk about when you when you need it to happen. So it's just a shame for what more because yeah. the front three, I mean, we're bringing so many different things to the table, yeah. weren't there? And each should be, as we've discussed, Defoe's the obvious thing that he brings. He's finding more space in the box now. And what more, even though he's still very raw and he makes a lot of mistakes still, but his energy and pace was just... It's something else for the defenders to worry about, isn't it? When you have an HB holding the ball or creating space, you can't take your eye off to four for, for one second because, no. as you saw with his goal, it was half a chance, arguably. He just swung his foot at it and put it in. And you have the third player, like Watmore, who's not leaving you alone and he's up and down. And it was just a shame that this happened for us at this oh, time. It's terrible, considering you know you lose McNair, you lose Gooch, and, and you lose Watmore in the space of a fortnight or whatever. It's very, very unfortunate. But, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the one th- defenders hate turning and sprinting back towards their own goals and having to do that regularly with Watmore because he, he has got that pace to just run in a straight line. And it's... It's it scares defenders and it's brilliant. The one criticism you would say, and I, I, I've heard it every week for months and months, is that there's got to be more end result. But he's still a kid. I think we forget he's yeah. still young. 
and that there's time for that to come but i think he's he's getting the experience now unfortunately he's going to have it looks like he's going to have a lengthy layoff yeah, now you'd but think that would be it for the season well it? if if he's done ligaments you'd think he'll do very well to be like a yeah cruciate, and and I mean. to be fair Moyes said on on saturday night mm. it, it doesn't look great did you see Graf run the length of the field to see if he was all right i thought it was a bit of a nice touch for Leicester, he obviously plays with him in the under twenty ones, and he, he ran, he right. ran the full length of the. He was on the left wing, obviously, and and what more at the time was on the left for Sunderland, wasn't he? So he's ran the full length of the field there to go over and, and see him. It was, right. it was quite nice. Fair play. But you can notice things like that because you wouldn't, you're not bothered about anything else. <laughs> you can't really. You, we'll get on to four in a minute. We we did skim over and dong. How would you put that? I as thought he was excellent. I really mm. thought he was excellent. I thought you know the, he was probably at fault for the goal. Actually, I think it was. His mistake probably stemmed in that off the ball, so I think he was what he was ball watching when when that ball the goes. Two and halves could have done better for the no, ball. No, but line. when the ball, go, them, but when I that think. when that ball goes into the area, the aerial ball, and Dong is probably ten yard ten yards further up the field than he should be, but he doesn't track. He doesn't run with the ball like when the ball's in the air. He doesn't move towards the back line. He just stands and watches it, and then when the head is made, he decides to go and try and chase the ball then. And the problem, the the problems created because of the the second ball. He hasn't mm-hmm. the second ball's been lost, and then they get an overload down left hand side. I thought it was a cracking finish. The it's hard that's a that, great finish. It's hard. It? It's a hard finish. Tackle. He's hit. He's, I've he's been, he's I've been hypercritical on the defenders. You could, it, you could make a case for Gillibodge not quite tracking it, but and Corey was more concentrating on. The thing is, not handballing it rather than throwing himself in front. But of the ball, I'm, I'm being a little bit picky. Ogazaki's finished that from outside the near post. Yeah, yeah, which is he's a, not that's a hard the goal finish. For him, which is, which is that's a, a hard finish, finish that is, and you, yeah. I think in that situation, so yeah, he's, so I was like, he's got in front of Jilabodji. That would be the criticism, but he's 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 kept him outside the width. Attempted a little bit. He's kept him outside the width of the goal, and he's managed to open his body and 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 finish it. The ball's driven him with pace as well. It's a difficult mm. finish that is, and he's he's put it away. Um. You know, Ogazaki is one of those players where he's a kind of player you'd like to have in your squad. He's like a yeah, really good. hard work, and then like he always con- like every time you see Leicester and he comes on, he makes something happen. Yeah. Or you know, when he when he starts, even if he has another best game in terms of end product, he's always influential or he looks busy. And you know, he he's a good player. I thought it was a great a great finish. I thought, and sometimes you just got to go. Yeah, they could have done this better or that better. The most frustrating like thing about it, like a better version is, of Stephen Naismith, do you think? Well, that's a similar kind mm. of player. I think the the frustrating thing about um, the goal is when it came, the fact that it's come again yeah, two, two or, or three, three minutes, minutes after Sunderland yeah. have taken. Yeah, I'm saying we done after. You never enjoy, it, can you? You never just mm. like enjoy the moment. It's like it's you know cut short and then you've got to stress again and. Was, and it, that's was, what it is. was that after the, the penalty? When was the penalty incident? Was that shortly before the one nil? That was shortly. Yeah, that was yeah. at one nil. I mean, that was, was a cast iron penalty yeah, yeah. as well. But that's it. First half arguably one as well on on uh, and it should be he got held or he got pushed or something. Yeah, I can't remember I vaguely the time. recall it, but mm. I think you know the old people always get you know pulled in the box, don't mm. they? But uh, Defoe's the only one, isn't he? And who we haven't talked about. Well, and... what could you say about well, me and Colin Defoe? Come on, <laughs> what you can know, you not say? It's just such a. It's a joy, isn't it? It's just You've got a finish. It's very the, much the a situation. So it's dismissive. Yeah, the it, finish. It's just like goal. Yeah. This is very much a situation where it is like, as a Sunderland fan, enjoy, enjoy this, enjoy mm. every single moment of watching mm. this guy play for us. 
because it's somebody you're going to speak about for years afterwards. Mm. And we're going to be sitting on here in five years' time going, oh, I can remember when Jermaine Defoe used to play for us. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. So, I, 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 do you know what? I was, when, when they signed him, I thought they'd paid 26-year-old money for a 32-year-old. Well, well, we, we had discussions about it was the wrong player. Yeah. For def, for the, it was the wrong player for Poirier. For the system. system. There's yeah. no doubt about they needed like a Rondon type player, not an not a Defoe. And, yeah, well, yeah. They needed a need to be then that kind of player. They didn't need yeah. a Defoe. They needed yeah. somebody to bring other people in within that style of play. Mm-hmm. And we, there was criticism for that. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't as he wasn't fit. No, no. Now he looks like he looks like a 30 year old, a 29 year old. He doesn't look like a 34 year old. He's repaid every penny. I'm more. He's been excellent. And actually, he missed the sort of chance that he's been sticking yeah. away for the last. Two years or whatever it is, um, in the first half, yeah, great cross from Anita being completely air. miskicked. It. Yeah. I went up for that as well. Yeah. I, mean, I thought it was a bit more of it. Um, you expect, yeah. you just ex- I expected the net to bulge when, yeah. it, when, it, when it went d- to him. More of a difficult finish than maybe. It, it was slightly behind him, but you expect him, him to put it away. Foot. But yeah. that's the thing: the four yeah. sets of standards where, yeah. you know, you think at the moment you feel as though when he gets a chance, it's just like. Just that goal was just dispatched. It was just well, like how many of those do you emphatic. see? The ball comes back off the keeper, off a defender, and he's there. Yeah, you know, he's there, and he and he and he doesn't he doesn't place the ball into the yeah. net. He just he he just blasts it. And that you know what it is about that as well. It, it's not like he's he's not like he's found a place eight yards from goal where he's sticking it in, scrambling it. No, he's standing like. Yeah, seventeen yards. He's, he's out. anticipated where it's the just, ball's going to yeah, come. It's just, yeah, just you know, it's natural. It's just a gift. And we were talking about instinct. this: yeah, yeah. how long can he play on for? Well, he lives to play football. Yeah. Everything he does yeah. is to play football, and he loves the reason that he's loving playing at Sunderland. And he, you know, he's so revered is because he we love football. The area we love football. You know, it's the lifeblood and all that, as the mm. cliche goes. And he's come here. And he loves he loves it. Yeah. He want he, all he wants to do is life, is football. Mm-hmm. Got, I love the fact he goes home and watches match of the day. I know yeah, that sounds yeah. like daft, but it it, it you know it's, we go home and watch match of the day. Yeah, yeah. No. You know, and <laughs> to see yourself, sc- I've never sc- watched myself score a goal on match of the day, <laughs> like you know. But I thought we haven't been watching it much this season. I'll be honest, until the last few yeah, weeks. Yeah. Has anyone got anything else to add? Because we're going to do the question of the week. Because we are doing a late one. Yes, yeah, so report question of the week, uh, which will be uh, we can win something. If you've entered, you could win the six hundred year old book by Chris Thompson of Love Supreme. Um, we'll do that over on the show. And we'll go I was just saying, it. if you want it, if you've entered that, by the way, the only way you're going to find out if you've won is if you listen to the segment, yeah. and then you've got to get in touch with us if you've won. So second, quickly, live event. Yeah, we've got Sell a live it, show. Yeah, we've got a live show on the twenty third of January at Port of Call in Sunderland. Tickets are available online via wisemensay.co.uk. And the five pounds each. And uh the guests are Julio Arger um and James Hunter. So it should be a canny good evening. We've already sent a fair sold a fair few. So if you if you're looking for something for a Christmas present for a nearest to dearest, it might be, you know. Oh, imagine giving someone that as a Christmas present. I think it'd be kind of good. Have <laughs> you ever been to one before? Filler. It's a nice stocking filler. It is a nice it? little stocking filler. Although you can get no physical ticket, you can write 
it on like a satsuma or something and pop it in there <laughs> pop it in the stocking or if you really want we can print you out a crap physical ticket I'll just do it on my word document or well, you, can, or you can do that Stephen you've committed to that now right, well, that would I'm not doing be, that no it would be really bad it would be colour I think they could just document. print the email out with the ticket confirmation yeah, or actually a, put a ball around it the ticket the, the seller where you got tickets might actually give you the option to print tickets out so just do that right don't harass Stephen. Well, maybe do anyway, just to see how quickly he responds. <laughs> there you go. Are we done for this? We'll if be you back with be the end done, of the light Thursday be. this week where we discuss the Swansea game. Not that Wednesday. Like, Wednesday again, is it this week? I think is it's it Wednesday, yeah. That'll, um, That suddenly looks like an attractive game, doesn't it? We'll talk about that on Wednesday. It's one of those games that Sunderland lose. lose 4 yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.